the saga continues. Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang. Olympic torch flaming, we burn so sweet. The thrill of victory, the agony defeat. We crush slow, flaming deluxe slow. Poor, judgment day cometh, conquer, it's war. Hi everybody. Before we get into this episode of the Thirst Chat Podcast, I want to make notice on something that happened within the last week. Unfortunately, one of the top high school throws coaches in the state of Pennsylvania, in Keith Woods, has passed away. Keith was the throws coach at Hickory High School for around 20 years. Keith was responsible for coaching 17 state champions in Pennsylvania. I had the pleasure to compete against several of his athletes while I was in high school and peek into a small window of what anyone who saw the Hickory High School team you know, would experience at any competition. Now it was clearly a special relationship that he developed with each and every one of his athletes. We here at Throws Chat send our condolences to Keith, family, and friends. And we recognize that Keith was one of the top throws coaches in not only Pennsylvania state history, but also U.S. history. All of his work can be seen currently in the NCA and former athletes. Thank you, Coach Woods. So before we start this episode of the podcast, I also wanted to uh, just offer a preface to what this episode is going to be like. Uh, we actually recorded this episode in a diner, which will be pretty apparent by when you hear the waitress asking for our orders and things like that. So I just wanted to preface this that the audio isn't really the best in comparison to previous episodes that we've done. It was pretty off the cuff. We wanted to get a podcast in while we were able to for the clinic because there were so many great minds there. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get um, some of the other coaches on, but I feel like the roundtable we were able to get for this meeting, uh, you'll still find plenty of information that you know athletes and coaches can learn from and just have a fun time listening to it's it's just us bantering having a good time eating food and reminiscing about a, just a great weekend all around that all of us seem to enjoy so just keep in mind when you're listening that while the audio quality may not be the greatest that i think that's still a worthwhile podcast and just listen to the knowledge bombs that are about to be dropped Welcome everybody to episode 7 of the Throws Chat Podcast, currently in beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's about 7.30 in the morning, post Grand Valley State University Big Throws Clinic. I'm here with uh, a few different throws coaches from around the country that are willing to drop some knowledge bombs on you throwers out there. I'm currently trying to keep up pace by sipping as much coffee as I possibly can. Uh, so I guess we'll just go around the table. Uh, you guys can introduce yourselves, what, uh, what, what you've done, uh, who you coach, and uh, we'll just start there. We'll start off with uh, the man who has brought this great clinic to us three years in a row, one Sean Denard. Hi, I'm Sean Denard. And I coach at Grand Valley State University, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I've coached 35 All-Americans in the throws, and I've worked with Justin Rohde and Sean Donnelly, um, two of the, the bigger throwers I've worked with. I'm Justin Rohde, uh, owner of Rohde Sport. I was a 2012 Olympian in the shot put, and I trained Karen Suddy, 2016 Olympian in the shot. 
offer uh, private coaching to athletes and uh, a great line of, of products to help them help them train. And this is my third year presenting and uh, lecturing and coaching at the Grand Valley Big Throws Club. I'm uh, Jim Akins. I'm from uh, formerly from uh, Palatine Friend High School in Palatine, Illinois. I've uh, coached uh, quite a couple state state champions, four state champions, and some nationally ranked kids. And presented at clinics and uh, had a few articles and a few videos and things like that. And it just came up to the clinic to uh, partake in all the uh, all the joy. Uh, <coughs> my name is Sean Donnelly. <laughs> I'm currently hungover. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a great model for all the young girls out there. Yep. So ignore this. Uh, yeah. And uh, this is my second year uh, presenting and coaching at the QVSU Big Clinic. Pleasure to be here. Living the dream. We, we might not hear oh, very no, it's much not tonight in this podcast. <laughs> I had a meat lover. Oh, you're going to hear a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, 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 that might be. I was confused. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. That's all I got. My name is Roger Ryan Becker. I'm a th- high school throws coach of Wabonzi Valley in a suburb of Chicago. Uh, I'm a contemporary of Jim's, and actually Sean was a... Uh, high school uh, competitor in our area, so we know one another from back then, and uh, was up attending the conference this weekend. Uh, and with us also is Mitch Obenrader. Uh He's currently having his head in his uh, head on the table trying to survive the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Myself and Mitch are in a competition to see who can be the most hungover. So far, I think I've won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'd like to mention that currently we have two Throws Chat alumni on here with uh, Justin Rohde and Sean Donnelly. Sean Donnelly was our very first guest on the Throws Chat podcast. Um, so if you guys want to listen to what he had to say uh, when he was sober, you can look at our first podcast and he can drop his knowledge bombs, but we'll give Sean a rest for this morning. Uh <clears throat> I guess to just start off, like, uh, you know, we got numerous, we got a few coaches here, we got some coaches that almost seen it all, you know, you know, seen great athletes, they've worked with great athletes, they've worked with poor athletes, made them great, they know what it takes to be successful, and the great thing about what we just finished off with our Grand Valley Clinic was that we were able to get all these people together, all these minds, share their thoughts on the sport, their thoughts on life, and hopefully to just bring more knowledge and prosper the sport as much as possibly. And uh, I want to take it off with Denard to start off because it was his brainchild to start off this whole uh, clinic. And I just kind of want to you know, go into what kind of got you to want to what sparked you to want to even start off doing a clinic like this and how you feel about how it's grown to this point in the last three years? I started doing the clinics uh, when I was at my last school at North Central. I used to do like weekly throwing sessions and when I got to Grand Valley I wanted to keep doing something like that. 
Um, Thank you. We have really nice facility, and when I was doing my tour, my interview, the first thing I thought of was, well, you could throw discus in here. And um, somehow the idea of having the clinic and having a competition kind of just kind of melded into one. And then I needed to have speakers because I don't think people want to just listen to me talk for for five or six hours straight. I don't know if I can even talk for that long. I don't know if I can talk for much longer. I know. <laughs> so I texted Rody and, and Donnelly, or not Rody and Dane, the first year, and they both said, "Okay, I'll come out." And the next year, Donnelly came out, and then for the the discus competition, I literally just slid into everyone's DMs and said, "Do you want to come to this thing?" And they all said, "Yeah." And it's just kind of grown for people just saying, "Yeah," after I asked them. So it's pretty cool. It's, not really because of me, it's because everyone else just wanted to do it. And I guess, so what's important to know is that, like he said, it all came from just the idea of you could throw discus indoors. And now we evolved from not only just having the indoor discus competition to it actually officially being called the Indoor USA Discus National Championship to now having not only that of competition but also two other competitions which is the indoor whammer competition which is probably the first of its kind in a, this official of a setting um, and an over underweight shopbook competition which you know hopefully in the next year we'll even get more people and you know make that even bigger deal uh, and maybe get it up to the level of the whammer and the uh, discus competition um, but I think what's important to note is the first year that uh, the discus competition took place, the first year of the clinic, you know, how, how would you compare the numbers of, like, athletes that showed up to this year? Like, the whole clinic? Like, well, just, like, the so, the per, so the competition athletes. The competition, like, there was one, there was one flight of, of elite people. I think, I think the winner threw, like, 58 meters in the discus. There were two girls who competed. They threw like 47 meters in the discus. Last year we had our first 60 meter discus thrower. Alex Rose went 60 indoors. And then this year Alex went 61, 45. Brian Williams went over 60 meters. Um, we had a girl go, had Rachel Dinkoff went 56, 57 meters. And uh, we had a, we had, in the field we had nine girls over 50 meters in the discus and the men's field was was 17 deep and the top nine had PRs of over 59 meters. So it was pretty, pretty legitimate competition. And that's cool now because the first two years was kind of on everyone's Thank own dime. But then this year, USATF funded um, several athletes out here and then sent out their bio, I don't know what you call it, the bio video people, like the Volcam people. Biomechanic analysis. Yeah, yeah. and they're going to analyze the throws and they're going to get feedback. And I think it's important because... Americans really good at throwing discus in, in California and Hawaii and stuff. When we get in the stadiums, um, we don't really throw as well. And so now they get information on technique uh, without wind. And I think that's a that would be a really cool thing for them to use. I hadn't even thought about that. That's a that's a really good point for for develop, developing the American discus thrower is the, the indoor data. I decap right here. If I could add one more thing to that. Of is, course. This is the you know, from the high school high school perspective. You had high school girls throwing with pros and college kids. You know, like we, Sean and I talked about, 
you know, are you going to have like a high school football player playing with the pros? No. You know, they would they, die. <laughs> they, they, would, they would be dead. But here you have a high school sport and a professional side by side competing against each other and with each other. And that, you know, from a high school perspective, this clinic was amazing. These kids got instruction all day from Justin and Sean and Dane and everybody, and then they got to compete. It's a great opportunity for a high school kid. I cannot recommend it enough. That, that was something I wanted to hear from, from yourself, Jim, and, and, and Roger. Is you, you've been around a long time in the sport, and you, you've done tons of clinics and, and lectures and competitions. And I was, I was curious on your opinion on the implications of this clinic for the developing high school thrower, um, what, you know, what the potential is. So I think it's personally, I think it's always good to be exposed to different ideas. And this is, uh, you know, we got as uh, attendees got three different views of uh, approaches to training. And then uh, one of the things that's really nice about the structure of this particular event is you do an hour of classroom, then you do an hour of throwing, then you do an hour of classroom and an hour of throwing. So it's a lot more interactive. People are engaged. You can expose yourself to different events and different coaches during those throwing periods. That's a lot of that's a lot of feedback that you know other other clinics that are, you know, probably as big and maybe even have as many coaches don't uh, don't you know they don't execute it that way. And and I think one of the big advantages that Sean's got up here is he's got this great facility that enables him to do that. So that that really presents a pretty unique opportunity that uh, this clinic offers and I think it's a really good way for well everybody to learn but high school kids in particular so was there like anything that you know for you coaches right here that stood out to you during any of the lectures or just like kind of like your favorite moments that like something that just really is you're gonna take back with you after this weekend I think, well, so personally, I think that I kind of go into these uh, clinics and, and I say, if I can if I can learn a thing or two that I can actually implement in my program, that's that I consider that a successful investment of my time. And uh, <clears throat> Sean's stuff about um, the triphasic training, I had when, um, well, not exactly when triphasic was first written, but I... I was I was exposed to that. I read that book probably I don't know six seven years ago or something like that. And I had seen uh, even prior to the uh, details of the clinic that they had adapted that to throwers. So we got exposed to that yesterday or uh, Saturday. And uh, you know my intention is to take a deeper dive in that. I think that's I think that's something that I, I I'm going to find a lot of useful nuggets in and be able to incorporate in my program. For, for me, I had probably two things I think that stood out. The, the first being uh, when uh, Dane talked about glide or rotational, what should I do? You know, and for high school kids, that's always a big question mark. He's the first I've seen who had some kind of flow chart or thing to help you decide. But he also approached, which I think is huge, is the mental aspect. Are you are you the kind of psychological, emotional bill to be able to rotate? Because it does take, uh, you better be okay with failure for, on some days. You can feel great one day and like crap the next day. That was huge. And then when I was listening to Justin talk, you know, I've, I've like many of you talk about the, the positions in the upper body, lower body. You, know, you, you, lower, you get your hips ahead and stuff. But the way that Justin presented it was like a left side, right side concept. And the rest of the body falls in. 
And to me, that made a lot of sense. And I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, trying to explain it to them. I'm, I'm coaching, in, coaching a new group of kids this year. I've, I've retired from Friend High School. I'm in a small school called Burlington Central, where a lot of kids have, have very little exposure to throwing. So I'm excited to explain those concepts in that way. So those are two big things that stuck out for me. Uh, Justin, what did you kind of take away from this weekend, you know, in regards to like what you saw from athletes um, during your presentations, you know, like in, in comparison to the previous two years you've done the clinic? Well, the return attendees, I noticed the kids who have been coming for, for two years now or even just this is their second year, um, they were more engaged this year. They're their techniques had, had really improved, but not just not just in a way that, that uh, you know, normal development would happen. Uh, I think the, their exposure to the clinic last year really bolstered them for the, you know, the, this last year, and they, they were not like your average high school athlete. Uh, so it was nice to see the you know the, the impact over the years that we're having. Um, and then I. I thought the the atmosphere at the clinic this year was a much more it was kind of is really homey, a very comfortable feeling. And during the competitions, we had we had fans and parents and, and athletes on the on the ground level and in the stands and up on the second balcony. And it was <clears throat> it was a unpretentious and very familiar um, environment. And I had more people come up to me and talk with me. And want to have pictures and just and just talk and hang out than it, than in, in, in past years and uh, you know I think that's that was a that's a great uh, a great thing for the throwing community to have mm-hmm. those opportunities. Um, so I guess just kind of filing into that, um, <clears throat> you know. Sean, you, you didn't really do much speaking this, this, this week. You're kind of floating around, basically making sure that nobody died uh, and everything was running smoothly. Pretty much as smoothly as you, pretty much as smoothly as you could with, uh, you know, the situation. What do you have? I'll be right back. Okay. And, you know, what, what was the, your kind of highlight during the clinic that you, you really thought, you know what, that, you know, this is like, this is something special. For me, probably like the, the most special part is the is the night before the clinic when all the well not the, well the the second night or the first night I don't even Saturday night Saturday night we do the weightlifting clinic and we had a good crowd in the weight room and after that we go do the whammer competition and that was a lot of fun seeing people come out and fill that for the first time uh, and there were master athletes and high school athletes and college people out there throwing professional athletes throwing it that was cool that was something that I just like made up and then everyone wanted to do it and uh they trained it and it'll be really fun to see if that like impacts hammer and weight throw training this year if it does i think it'll it'll really take off so that was really cool i think it can affect the event really well but then after that we had the open rings for, for training and all the discus throwers all the shot putters all the pros who's competing on sunday came out and that like energy in that moment for 30 45 minutes is unreal it's probably one of the best training sessions 
in America that, for that 30 or 40 minutes. And people people throw lifetime best every year during that, and that's just really special, I think. Yeah, yeah that, that was a really a really uh, neat time. I, I too was aware that the energy was really palpable. Um, uh, Myron, what what channel did that live feed go out go out on? Um, live feed went out on Grosha Instagram and Okay, so yeah, we we, we have uh, um, a live feed um, on the Rory Sport Facebook page um, that that covers that session. So you you can go there and, and, and look at that. There's again an instance where a high school kid is throwing with you know professionals, but also getting coached by some awesome coaches at the same yeah. time. That's cool. I mean, they can be there, they can listen to what the professionals are, are queuing on, and they can see them struggling and having success. And that, that was something I forget who was talking about. Maybe Donnelly talked about it how a lot of times high school kids have a perspective on what it's like to be good everyone thinks you get better and it's easy it's easy but here you got to actually see them train and see them compete and uh, they got a more realistic view of it so it helps them be more grounded in reality about what it takes to be good yeah, I like what you said Sean um, you and I get lost on this sometimes uh, just even especially when you're someone who you only know athletes basically through their social media so you only get to see like what they're lifting what they're throwing what the results are uh whatever they might post on social media but that doesn't really give you an idea of who they are as people and what i like about this clinic of how easygoing it is how it really develops an atmosphere where people feel like they can just chill out have a good time and be it's less formal, and I think it works to its benefit because then you could have high school athletes, you could even have lower-level college athletes or even master's athletes talk to some of these elite-level athletes, and you realize they're just people that just like the sport of throwing at you know at its very core, and everyone is just trying to get their trying to get better, whether you're a 12-meter shot putter, a 40-meter hammer thrower or a 75-meter hammer thrower, or a 21-meter shot putter, you know, everyone is just, you know, has that desire to want to get better in the sport, and I think keeping that, uh, you know, keeping keeping that realistic ideal is is something that when you're actually talking to them, you realize that's, that's all it really is, just people wanting to have fun and be athletes for as long as you possibly can because you're not young forever. <laughs> That's something I pick up, um, is just getting a chance to meet these athletes, get a hold for their personalities. Uh, you guys, like, did you guys get a chance to, like, meet anyone you haven't met yet that you, you know, were like, I'm really got a chance, I'm glad I got a chance to talk to that athlete sort of thing. I mean, I, I like talking to everybody who comes, I think it's so cool that they would fly or drive or do whatever to come here to, to do this. So I like I like everybody. Yeah. I think it's the big thing of the location. It's central. It's fairly easy to get to centrally located. Yeah. And and if you want you need to fly in, you can fly to Detroit, you can fly to Chicago. You can fly to Grand Rapids. We have an airport right there. Oh, you can fly to Grand Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> three hours from Chicago, three hours from Columbus, three hours from Detroit. Yeah. Like, yeah, kids from all over the place. Yeah. I, uh, from, from my perspective, I really enjoyed 
uh, you know, I, I, I a table it? set up where I got my, uh, you know, the, the shot put glove and lifting straps for the, the athletes to come over and, and try on and see what it's all about. And a lot of the people, they, they've already ordered product. They already are, are using the, the Lily Sports stuff. And it was a, it was a moment to, to connect with them. And, you know, they can meet me and I can meet them and, you know, and, and find out about how the, the gear is impacting their training and, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it was really, really neat for me bridging that into the, the shot put exhibition competition we had. And we had, how many athletes was it? 12 athletes? In the shot put comp? Yeah. It was, it was 10. 10. 10 athletes in the shot put comp, all really high level, all using gloves that, you know, I, I had made years before. And, um, you know, thinking about the story of, of that product and, and what it's done for those athletes and, and all coming together here, uh, that, that, that was really neat to see. And I know this experience, you know, bringing, you know, garage strength, uh, earth-fed muscle with Dane Miller and bringing uh, Sean Donnelly with Atlas Peak Performance, you know, if you if you are utilizing the, the, the resources from these companies, you know, where we support garage strength, Atlas Peak Performance, with video analysis or products or whatever, you can come in and talk with the owners. You can talk with the developers and, and, and enrich those relationships. And, you know, you, you can uh, have even better experiences with those services after the clinic. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was one of the things I was worried about, kind of, is Rody Donnelly and Dane all do, like, online coaching review of technique and stuff. So I was thinking, I was starting to think, like, why... Why would they come uh, to the clinic when they can just send them a thing for five bucks or 15, 15, 25 bucks, whatever it is, but getting the five minute review, you can spend a whole weekend with them are two very different things. I think that 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 face to face, that personal relationship, that's, that's special, I think. And the coaching you guys were doing, it was pretty cool. It was like rapid fire. Kid throws, give him a quick little cue. They work out on their own inside. They come back for again. That was pretty cool. Okay, we do a, we do a, a clinic something, not even close. I thought it was like this, but it's not even close. The A to Z throws clinic in Palatine. Yeah, mm-hmm. When is that? That's uh, January 28th. Now it's at Wheaton North High School. Okay. This year Dan's gonna Dan took it over. Cool. Because Renee went to uh, Tennessee. Did she really? Huh? Yeah. She's, she's tired. She tired? But, uh, you know, in that clinic, we go and kids get a lot of throwing in, but we don't get to actually throw discuses. Yeah. And the idea of, like you said, with the instruction where it's a little bit of the room instruction, and then they go out and throw the room instruction again, that's a nice uh, that's a nice tidbit on the side. So it, it, was, it was good to see that. Because I, I kind of tried to fashion the A to Z after Ironwood, but on a much smaller scale. Mm-hmm. I like this concept, too. So I'll talk to Dan about it. We're making little changes. <laughs> So, Sean Donnelly desperately fights consciousness and walking back in the diner. <laughs> He's stumbling uh, out along the fence right now. The sun is coming up. Yep. Mitch is completely lost. Well, so we've currently lost Donnelly and Mitch Raider, but that's fine. But I did want to mention Sean because I actually didn't get a chance to listen to too many of the lectures. I, li- I listened to Justin's. Uh, unfortunately, had to miss Dane's lecture. But I managed to catch about man 20 minutes of Donnelly's lecture, and his lecture, I thought, was a very interesting take on three athletes he interviewed at the Olympic Training Center, which he current where he currently trains, and their approach to training, their mindset, and the way they think about you know being an athlete. 
And I'll actually give it to Sean. That was probably one of my biggest highlights was actually hearing, you know, things that either Ryan Krauser, uh, Macklin Tudor, who's a discus thrower, um, you know, what their thoughts are on their own training and, you know, how it just goes beyond not just what weights you're doing, when you're doing the weights, what the science of training is. It, it comes down to what you're, what, what you're thinking of, what your mental state is beyond that. What are you doing outside of training, you know, because some days you have those bad days, some days you have the good days, and if you're even in a slump, what keeps you going? Because, unfortunately, even you, you're going to have a period of time, even if you're training as hard as you can, it's going to be hard to get out of that slump. So hearing from elite-level athletes how they'll go through some of these slumps and, you know, what they're doing, you know, beyond just the training side of it to make sure that they're mentally well-prepared and healthy to keep going, you know, I thought was fascinating to me. Sean, do you have anything to add to that? Breathe. <laughs> Have some toast. Good try. Yeah. <laughs> Good try. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Donald. No, no, I, I, uh, I agree. I think, I think it's, it's very um, interesting to see. Yeah, it's very interesting to see uh, how, how elite athletes approach training and, um, you know. Their, their mindset on training and because uh, they each have like so their own little quirks and and, uh, and specialties if you will um, I guess we'll talk. but uh, yeah no especially for somebody like Ryan Krauser who's just wildly successful and who who has always been wildly successful um, like I said he's very methodical in his approach so just being able to watch him on a daily basis has changed how I approach training um, so I figured it would be good to, to, to share what he does and, and how he kind of approaches things as well as, you know, like I said, Macklin and, and Aaron Farmer, who is a shop leader as well, um, how we how everybody kind of approaches training. I, I think it was just very interesting. And uh, there's a lot to be learned from, from watching the elite-level athlete train. And, and, and uh, yeah, no, there's, there's plenty, plenty of stuff going on there. It's good stuff. As we begin to almost uh, wind down for the session here, I'd like to kind of get into one of the uh, hidden gems of this weekend that maybe not too many people know about based on what we do on promotional stuff is the nights after the clinics, the nights of the clinics. While we can't get into too much of the great fun we have, we can at least get into um, the discussion that where everybody just comes together and starts talking, because that's the thing. The round table we're doing right now, this is every year. You know, this is every year people getting together, talking about the sport, you know, learning from each other. Um, how do you think this year was, like, just, you know, some of the nights hanging out with people? You can get into some stuff, maybe keep it PG-13. We'll just, we'll, we'll say PG-13 is a, is, a, is, a, is a nice benchmark as far as the... Uh, Content. Content, yeah. Well, it's, it's just like a big family dinner because we do this thing. It's like 72 hours long. I, f I think I've slept like six hours in the past three days. And then I think I only ate like two tacos yesterday uh, before the clinic was over. So we're all tired and exhausted and, and hungry, but we're all wired up from the competition and from the, the lectures and stuff. And we've all just gone through all this, all the events of the weekend, and we all get to finally sit down and eat food and and drink and talk and it's just like a big family dinner so it's kind of like uh 
Thrower's Thanksgiving type of thing. Thrower's Christmas. One of my favorite weekends of the year every year. Yeah, I, I, Sorry, I couldn't add anything no to problem. that. That's, I guess yeah, that's a fantastic oh, perspective. Yeah. That's the part I enjoyed last night when we were sitting around talking. I got to talk to Justin a lot, and that was really enjoyable. Pick his brain on some ideas and some concepts. That was fun. I know Roger and I were talking about that this morning on the drive over here. That was a really good part. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's just kind of going back to what I was saying about the athletes. Getting a chance to hang out with the athletes because, unfortunately, when you're in a competition, you know, you don't really get a chance to really. You can make friends, but in a way, it's kind of hard. Because, you know, with the other athletes, just because you're in that competition setting, you really have to be, you know, self-focused. What I like about the clinic, you know, especially the nights after, is, you know, I got to meet probably ten different throwers I've never met before. And I all got a chance to, like, talk down with them. Sit down with them, talk to them, get a feel for who they are. And I can say I made a couple friends this weekend, which I'm really happy about. But... It's one of those things when you're only sitting behind a computer screen, you don't get a feel for who these people are. You know, you just see the results, you see what they're doing on social media, but when you actually sit down and talk with them, you know, you got some really fascinating, interesting people that have so many different roads that they've traveled to get to where they are. You know, some people may have been elite in high school, some people may have been like Sean Donnelly, who started you know, track senior year of high school, went the long way about their D3 and then eventually get went to D1. You have someone like me who, you know, did okay in high school and has a very tumultuous, tumultuous uh, college career, but, you know, we're still doing different stuff. Um, and then you have someone, you know, like Josh Freeman, who was a stud in high school and is still a stud, but he's had to work very, very hard to maintain that status and get better. You know, he didn't let, he didn't rest on the laurels he had either his in high school or his freshman sophomore year of college. He had to work super hard to get to where he's at. And like listening to those stories is kind of what I think is the most fascinating part of the weekend. Uh, that's what gets me. Um, <clears throat> I guess like uh, I didn't get a chance to meet too many high school throwers, but I noticed that the high school athletes like. Everyone was super invested. You're not getting like some of those kids who are just kind of like sitting in the back, not really paying attention. I noticed in every lecture I saw, everyone was super alert. They were taking notes. Everyone at this clinic wants to learn, you know? There was a girl who came up to me during the distance competition who drove like five hours up from like south of Columbus, came in just for the PM session, which is like two hours, one hour throwing, an hour lifting. She said, I'm, I was going to stay for the discus competition. But I have a physics final tomorrow morning. I gotta go back for that. So she did 10 hours of travel for two-hour camp, and then she has to take her final exams in a while. So that was pretty cool. Well, I'm getting the, the go-home signal from Coach Rody. Um, so I thank you all for listening to this week's podcast. I just want to sign off. We had um, Coach Denard, Coach Rody, uh, Coach Einbecker. Coach Jenkins. Coach Jenkins. Jamaicans. Uh, yeah, mine. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I had a good time today. Uh, 
we're gonna make our way back to Columbus, Ohio. Get the sugar out get of some, your hair. Get some, get some rest. <laughs> we'll get this sugar out of my hair, out of my beautiful blonde locks, and uh, we'll we'll catch you next time Wake up, on Donnelly. the Bros Chat Podcast. <laughs> Wake up, Donnelly. <laughs> yeah, Bros Chat Podcast. Subscribe. It's a thing to do. That's what all the cool kids are doing. <laughs> The saga continues. Wu Tang, Wu Tang. Olympic torch flaming. We burn so sweet. The thrill of victory. The agony defeat. We crush slow. Flaming deluxe slow. Poor judgment day cometh. Conquer is war.